Welcome to episode two of the Back Row Bros podcast. We're going to finish up our interview with the Dr. Preston Warren. So if you missed the first half of the interview, I strongly suggest to go back and catch up on some of those knowledge bombs. This episode's going to be looking more towards the future of PT and just some fun facts from Preston Warren. Hope you're ready. I got a bad feeling about this. So, where do you kind of see the future of the PT profession and kind of where PTs fit in in the overall healthcare team? Um, just kind of give us some advice of what we can look forward to or kind of how you see it in the next upcoming years. As much as I would love to say, uh, you know, I think we'll be completely different practitioners. Uh, I really see a lot of the same being, uh, you know, I don't see a lot of changes happening uh, from the, the clinician level due to physical therapists not really speaking out as vocally as they need to. Um, and I can understand it, you know, a lot of the profession, uh, you know, it's, it's relatively, um, I guess, lower stress clinical profession compared to others. And with that, there's less need to uh, advocate for change because again, whenever you have change, that creates extra stress. Um, and also the practice, depending on what setting you're in, if you're running your own in, you know, outpatient clinic, you're pretty busy trying to manage a clinic. So you don't have that extra time to go in and advocate for change. Uh, to me, what I would like to see is physical therapists being not necessarily an independent primary care type provider that some people would like. And the reason is because there is a knowledge gap um, that needs to be better addressed so that you know, that patient isn't potentially put at risk if something's not called. So kind of like with the medical screening class, you know, that's a you know, pretty short class compared to for medicine that's you know, a three-year to four-year uh, training environment. Um, I would like to see physical therapists be one of the first uh, providers that can see a patient with musculoskeletal type pain. Uh, I mean, to me, if chiropractors have that ability, to, I think physical therapists are certainly trained and able to handle that with very little risk to patient care because of all the clinicians I've worked with, physical therapists are one of the first to say, I would be happy to refer or have them go see a physician or have a further workup performed uh, as opposed to thinking, oh, no, I know it all and I'm not going to uh, refer them elsewhere. You know, that's where you run into uh, harm. So in time, you know, we'll see if that happens where physical therapists can be that primary provider for musculoskeletal type complaints. I would like to also see physical therapists push more, advocate more towards being a provider for uh, overall health education. That, I think, is one of the biggest things that we can really put our foot down and say, hey, we're, we're better trained than other clinicians uh, when it comes to you know, encouraging exercise, encouraging healthy lifestyles to prevent these disease processes like hypertension and diabetes from occurring in the first place of primary uh, prevention. 
uh, and unfortunately, I'm not seeing that really done now. Um, so that's something, again, uh, physical therapists, you know, the APTA and so forth probably needs to, uh, you know, at least do some assessment studies to see how effectively we can do that as a profession um, and then start collecting data to see, you know, if that's worthwhile. Uh, right now, reimbursement will dictate what you can do and you know, not because you can't necessarily do everything for free. But we're already doing that with our patients now. We're encouraging weight loss. We're encouraging, you know, exercise on a daily basis. So to me, we should kind of push that extra uh, mile and, you know, hopefully, you know, get reimbursed for that education. Um, I, I do think that the, the physicians uh, are going to eventually become more accepting of physical therapists uh, being a little stronger on that allied health ladder. Uh, physician assistants are very well trained. You know, the, there's uh, a similar training time. Now, PA school is very difficult. I've never gone through it, but it's, uh, I've worked with PA students before they graduate, and they you know, appear to be very well knowledge on different diagnoses. But again, the time course is similar, PT school and PA school. Um, so if they're able to come out and be, in a sense, that primary provider, um, then I think PT could also kind of make a, a statement and say, you know, consider us as being you know, a little bit uh, higher on that uh, clinical um, uh, usefulness in the healthcare model. So there's a lot of changes. Uh, PT is one of those fields that just kind of constantly adapts. So when I was in school, when care was you know, done by, the majority was done by PT, now it's changed to nursing. Um, PTs are starting to be employed by emergency departments. That's something I never thought you know, would be an environment for PT. So again, and then certainly with the chronic pain epidemic, uh, the opioid epidemic, PT needs to take you know, that's probably one of the biggest things we need to do right now since we have the issue and it's, you know, in the news and everybody's aware of it. We need to say we're, we're great at treating pain. We understand pain. Uh, let's try this non-pharmacologic method to resolve this chronic pain crisis that we have. So chronic pain, health education, um, primary prevention, and um, just trying to adjust where we sit on that allied health ladder. Um, so you talked about <clears throat> kind of your, when you first got out in your, um, in your first, I guess, independent clinician, you kind of relied on your PT or you, you and your PTAs had a good relationship. Um, and that was one thing that you harped on. And then, you know, the, the documentation was another thing. Um, what do you see as far as other PT students that, that, that aren't you, what do their experiences look like and what are they, what do you see as like a, something that's lacking in a lot of PT students or I guess PT clinicians, new PT grads, I guess. I think it's the, um, it's difficult to jump into the deep end uh, initially and I think the perceived thought that you don't know enough is probably the biggest obstacle for a new grad. Um, I took that particular position straight out of school because I knew it was going to be the most difficult. I had other opportunities that would have actually paid better uh, based on the uh, annual income. Um, 
they would have been much easier and it would have been just one setting. But I knew my goal was to learn as much as I could as fast as I could. So to me, uh, I, I did jump in the deep end. And you know, looking back on it, I wouldn't encourage other people, I wouldn't encourage the majority of new grads to do that because you really have to go in knowing that you have the time for it. I didn't have any other responsibilities. I could dedicate 100% of my time to my job. But um, to me, a student, most students, <clears throat> when they graduate, they're probably going to like one setting more so than another. And that's fine. But don't limit yourself just to one field. And, and two, be proactive and constantly looking something up or learning something new every day. So, you know, PT school is difficult. When you pass the licensing exam, it's going to be, you know, a, a moment to where you can kind of sit back and reflect, but don't let that be the end of the training. So I viewed graduating from PT school as just one more step in the process of just constantly growing my clinical skill set, my clinical understanding, and just trying to challenge myself on a essentially daily basis. Uh, so when I see students in the clinic, when I have students with me, oftentimes they were reserved. And, you know, a first-year student versus a third-year student is not going to ask, you know, a ton of questions. Um, I think a third-year student would, because you, you, you have more understanding, you're going to be a little more proactive and asking, oh, why are you doing this test instead of that one? Um, but, you know, ask questions. Use, use your time in school as best you can to prepare yourself for that independent role. Uh, and then when you're in that independent role, still ask questions. Talk to the PTAs. I learned a ton from some of the more experienced PTAs I was with during my third year and also even working. Uh, you know, with wound care, there was one particular PTA that just did it for, you know, I think 15 or 20 years. So she taught me quite a bit about what dressing would be best um, just because she's seen more. So don't discount nursing knowledge. Don't discount PTA knowledge. Don't discount CODA knowledge, so occupational therapist assistance. You're going to be all working together. Uh, so use everybody's clinical knowledge just to grow your own knowledge. Ask questions of nursing. Ask questions of physicians if they're around. I mean, certainly don't bother busy people. But if you don't understand something, you'll be surprised how willing other people are to be able to help you. Uh, and then also, again, setting specific, develop a strong relationship with the nursing staff. Um, that includes some of the CNAs and so forth because they're going to help you at times when you don't have extra hands, such as a tech or another PTA that can help, you know, push some equipment or carry something. So, uh, you know, I think the, one of the things I was a little frustrated with and one of the things I see sometimes is uh, new grad PTs thinking they know more than they do and being a little too aggressive on certain things but at the same time on the opposite uh, end of the spectrum not thinking they know enough so coming out confident but not too confident uh, and you know i don't think this program really i think you know going through this program i think i felt confident but at the same time i recognized that i had a lot more to learn so and i think most of the grads are from this uh curriculum you know, have a similar mindset but overall um, you know constantly learn constantly challenge yourself uh, try your best to stay in shape because you got to practice what you preach it's gonna be a little bit harder when you're working you know 12 hour days um, but 
you know, it's just basically trying to find your own personal rhythm. We're all different. We all have different sets of work experiences in the past, um, but utilize whatever you can as far as coworkers, previous knowledge from previous jobs, uh, assess, you know, on a weekly basis, say, what could I have done better to uh, improve my efficiency with that note? What could I have done better to really work up that particular low back pain? You know, what did I possibly miss? So just constantly challenge yourself. You know, it's the clinical role is a constantly uh, growing role where you have to just acquire new knowledge and perform self-assessment on a constant basis. I might have missed it, but where were you working that you got to work in seven different settings? So I was out in the rural area, so I was working in two different cities. So it was just rural Alabama. Um, so each site had a little small hospital. One hospital was bigger than the other. So it's not the hospitals that we have here. It's not like, you know, Mobile Infirmary or Providence or anything. Um, these are maybe, you know, I think one of the hospitals had maybe 60 beds or so. One of them had about 15 beds. Um, so one of the hospitals actually did do a lot of evaluations, you know, on a uh, seemingly daily basis. Each one also had a larger nursing home, which had a significant number of beds. I don't recall specifics. Uh, and then each one also had an outpatient clinic. It was either within the hospital canvas or adjacent to it. So think about it as two outpatient clinics, two nursing homes, and you know, we'll say just like one hospital if you put the two together. But you're the only PT, so you're you're doing a lot. And actually, I was going in around seven in the morning. And I was leaving at eleven at night, oh and I, I would do that for about three months straight. Oh, so it's wow. you know the good thing was the student loans were handled quickly. Yeah. But the bad thing was I was completely exhausted, lost a lot of weight because uh, I never had time to eat, and I was just constantly working and working. But when Tallahassee, Alabama, was it? No, no. <laughs> but so keep that in mind if you're in a a rural setting that you're probably going to be one of the few PTs in the area, uh, which means the demand uh, is going to be a little greater. That's going to help, you know, as far as income negotiation, uh, but it's also going to result in a lot more work. And, and to whoever was before you, how much work they did or didn't do that you have to kind of make up and correct. So. All right, that sounds like a that sounds like a <laughs> alarm clock or something. That's a good yeah, that's time actually to some year two. I don't know, um, but that's probably an alarm for this. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good place. <laughs> it's perfect. Right. I want to speed around these last. Yeah, questions. we got a couple fun questions. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, Just, go ahead. Go for it, Colton. All right, in class, you said one time that you had been up since three a.m. Do you do that every morning? Anyway? No, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as a resident, it's, that's kind of how it is. You're just up all the time. But no, I, I rarely, uh, my sleep pattern is a little different that I, I probably stay up later than I should. But um, I generally, you know, I, I love sleep if I can get it. So, okay. Yeah, okay that's good. Like seven, that's good. That didn't make me feel too bad. <laughs> are, are you still able to find time for exercise? My girlfriend makes me find time. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the older you get, you start finding more and more excuses. Mm. You know, my hair is not right. Uh, day to day. But, um, I got no, a I, test to make. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I do find time. I've, um, 
Yeah, my girlfriend is real active. What kind of workouts are you doing these days? So I used when I was younger, one of the things actually drove me to PT is I used to lift heavy weight. I would mm-hmm. I worked out, you know, six or seven days a week, constantly had shoulder pain, uh, knee pain, things like that. Mm-hmm. I was a lot bigger. Okay. Uh, you know, I looked good, but I, I couldn't do anything because it was hard just to pick up my arms or anything. Um, so, like <laughs> <laughs> so the older I got, uh, you know, the more I realized that, you know, here I was hurting all the time and all these injuries. And I would start looking around at, you know, the gym, and I would see the older people that were like 60 years old, 70 years old, still in there, and they all did one thing in common. They lifted, you know, not, you know, like five or 10 pounds, but they lifted lighter weight, uh, and it was just more of a, a, the consistency of it. Uh, so finally, I, I found one guy that I was doing a leg press, and I was taking some of the weights off, and um, he came in, and he said, Do you, are you through with it? And I said, oh, yeah. So I just, you know, incorrectly assumed, well, let me keep taking more 45-pound plates off. And he said, no, you're good. And I had, like, three of them on, you know, each side. And I said, oh, I can, I can take them off. And he was like, no, I'm fine. And so he started actually adding them on, and he was able to delay press more. <laughs> so anyway, I realized at that point all I was doing was causing chronic injury, uh, which would increase the risk of arthritis and so forth. So I didn't have the PT education at the time, but I knew what I was doing was the wrong path. So now, as I got older, I do more functional type uh, exercises. So I'll do, I would rather just do squat with, you know, squats without weights. Um, you know, cardio is taking up more of a, a portion as opposed to before it was all resistance training. Um, I try to implement more stretching because I'm not, not very flexible. So my goal is to kind of emulate these older people because unfortunately that's me in the not too distant future. Um, <laughs> So anyway, it's, I just adapt. So I also use that with my PT plans. Uh, I'll you know, tell patients, just use a chair, do sit to stands, things like that. You don't need to go to a gym necessarily. Uh, you don't need to curl you know, 40 or 50 pounds. You can just do you know, lighter weight uh, with proper form, do things like um, you know, stepping onto a you know, nine or 12 inch step do that repeatedly again because that's recruiting all the muscles in the body as opposed to just doing one little biceps curl you know right. we weren't made to do something like this it looks great when we're staring in the mirror doing curls <laughs> but it's a lot more functional to do those pnf type motions um and also you'll see that based on the research our body adapts quicker to it we have less injury so that's why i try to you know like i said i practice what i preach so i'll tell patients to do it I started doing the same thing. You graduated with Dr. Fletcher, right? Mm-hmm. You got any, you got any dirt for us? <laughs> oh, man, <I'm> just <laughs> Actually, he's he's really uh, he's probably more uh, laid back, I think, in the sense of um, in class he was kind of like the I was the old guy in class. He was second to me, um, but he always maintained order in class. So he was he was very good whenever we were talking or whatever, and it was time for the professor to start teaching. He was always the first one to whistle or yell or <laughs> um, get on to us or whatever. Um, yeah, sure. But no, he was he was a great student. Um, uh, he's one of the ones I, I figured would go into more of a leadership role. Um, and then when I found out he was teaching here, I was uh, I was impressed with his desire to do that. 
and also uh, the fact that I think that would bring him a decent amount of satisfaction. And Dr. Cannon also was one that, uh, due to his deep level of trying to get you know at the granular level as to why something's happening or occurring, uh, you know, him pursuing his PhD and then eventually teaching, uh, you know, I figured that would be a, a possible course for him, and now it's good to know that, that he pursued that. Our class was a little unique in the sense that we had, uh, you know, a lot of people wanted to pursue different routes. We had, you know, one that went to hospital administration, another one that's doing, you know, a significant rehab kind of director role. So a lot of the management and leadership positions uh, were quickly acquired um, by some of the grads as opposed to just saying, okay, I'm just going to be a therapist in this one site, and then that's it, you know. So, again, constantly keep your mind open to potential paths that you can take and, and pursue what you desire. You know, PT, just because you graduate from PT school doesn't mean you can't take that next step into a different field or a different um, career setting. It's a class reunion for you every day. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I feel like I'm coming to class. <laughs> uh, I told Dr. Fletcher and Kahan I was just going to wear my PT class 2010 shirt on my first day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's unique. Any more questions? Oh, I got one last one. Okay. We, so we, we Googled you before we got you on here. <laughs> We see on the Pittsburgh School of Medicine, you got a little bio. It says, personal interest, college football. Who's your college football team? Well, being in Alabama, I knew that by the age of two, I had to choose. Oh, so hopefully you, you chose right. So Bama was a lot easier to say <laughs> than the War Eagle. So no, I'm an Alabama fan, but I'm not one of these psycho Alabama fans. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I kind of I'll pull for Alabama, you know, if they're playing like Ole Miss or something, and definitely if they're playing Auburn. However, I'll pull for Auburn if they're playing Ole Miss. Uh, if Auburn's playing LSU, I, I don't know which one to – to root for on that. I'm surrounded in either. I'm the only Alabama fan. <laughs> but um, I generally I'll pull for uh, SEC, you know, uh, more so than other conferences. However, I just love college football. NFL not so much because then it starts becoming about the money and all that, you know, other uh, issues. Uh, but college, it seems like the, the players are trying to constantly adapt and change and build them, you know, whatever they can. So I like to see that. You got your season tickets for uh, South next year, 2020? Uh, no, not. not <laughs> I, uh, I keep looking at their schedule, and, uh, you know, I'm hoping more and more big names will show up on it. But uh, I was sad that we couldn't play LSU a couple yeah. of years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure the team was happy. <laughs> I actually had tickets to that game. Did you? And I sold them when they switched it with Florida. So we still had, it counted as a ticket stub. Sold it for like a hundred dollars more than what we bought it for. Only <laughs> four tickets, so I made like four hundred bucks. We do have a lot of talent in this area, so I'm hoping that South will start recruiting. The stadium's going to be huge. Yeah, it, it should help. I mean, Alabama and Auburn are two powerhouses nationally, right? So it's going to be hard to recruit. You know, the local talent, but really the whole region. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even when I was out in the rural area, some of those football players were phenomenal. So. Um, you know, their goal is to eventually play for Alabama or Auburn. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, I think South, you know, we, we can be – I mean, you would be like how they did last year when they came back. So we, we can be, you know, a, 
uh, you know, not necessarily a powerhouse right away, but we can be a, an entity that people need to respect in time. Go Jacks. There it is. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Appreciate right. it. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. So I hope y'all enjoyed that as much as we did. We want to give a very special thanks to Dr. Warren for interviewing with us. We appreciate his time and all the knowledge that he gave us during that time. Uh, from the Back Row Bros, we just want to say uh, special thanks, Dr. Warren. Love you, dog. You're the best. <laughs> Wait, okay. So here's my, here's my question. We have an Instagram post two days ago, and there's four likes, and there's five back row bros. <laughs> I'm not on Instagram. Oh, you're not on Instagram? Not right now. I'm just taking a break. Okay. Um, I liked it. Dude, the preview was, has already been downloaded 13 times. Probably yes. w which countries? Dubai. <laughs> Canada. There's been 14 downloads in the United States. Out of how many? 15. 14 of 14 of 14. Oh, 14 of 14 in the United States. Perfect. If you guys want to be in the subscribers club or in the downloaders club, it's an exclusive club as of now. We don't want it to be exclusive, so go download our stuff. Like, subscribe, share on all the social media platforms. Thanks, guys, for listening. We are the Back Row Bros. Bros. If we get 100 likes, Austin's going skinny dipping in a fountain. Ha <laughs> ha